Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Eric Warner based out of La Crosse, Wisconsin. He was introduced to me by my previous guest, Emily Langer, and he's IT compliance with Kaplan, Inc., uh, based out of New York City. Um, he's been working from home with them for four years. Why don't you tell us more about your story, Eric? Thank you for coming in. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. Um, I think it's it's cool to talk about working from home because it's such a it's something that so many people are doing and um, that weren't doing it before. It's changed a lot of things and it's not without its challenges, but I think we can, we can succeed. Um, most of us can succeed at working from home. So um, I'm an IT compliance analyst and I'm sure you're thinking, wow, that really sounds like a cool job. Break it down for those of us who have never heard of this. <laughs> right. So um, I work for a big company that's publicly held. So because it's because it's um, sold on the the stock is sold on the New York Stock Exchange, there are a number of regulations about prior about keeping the financial data um, like reliable. Um, it's kind of because of Enron. It was because of the big Enron crash for those who remember, and it it happened that the investors we're getting information that wasn't actually accurate. So um, there's a number of laws that were passed. Um, SOX, SOX, Sarbanes-Oxley is the one I primarily deal with. Uh, I have a law background. I was a practicing attorney for a while. I like this better. Um, and um, anyway, so I have to make sure that the information, the um, information that the IT department um, is conveying in for finances is actually accurate and not corrupted or being uh, manipulated um, from outside or in, inside. So that's that's what I do. That's what puts bread on my table. How how long have you been in this position? In this position, I've been for about, it's almost seven years. It'll be almost seven years in March. So, you know, you're, you're not the first pre or former lawyer that I've, uh, I think just two episodes ago, I also had a, a former attorney. <laughs> right. Um, so what, led you to that job? What Can you just kind of talk about your work history and how you ended up working from home? Right. So here's, I'll, I'll make it, I kind of have a long, complicated work history, but I'll do, I'll do the best I can to make it somewhat short. So I was one of those non-graduating from college, young people, you know, I spent time in Mexico wandering around and yeah, I'd work here and then take a couple of classes. And um, <clears throat> then I, uh, then I had a kid and I was like, oh boy, I guess I need to get my show on the road. And up in that time, I was managing coffee shops. I was a coffee shop manager. I worked for Caribou Coffee in Minnesota. Good and stuff. then when I, good stuff, right? And then when I moved to California, I worked for Pete's Coffee in tea. Um, and that's where my, my first daughter was born. And um, when I had my daughter, I was like, wow, this isn't going to, I like working in coffee shops. So this isn't going to work. I need to come up with a plan. And I went and I got my history degree from San Jose State. And then I was like, okay, I got my history degree. What, what am I going to do with that? So I decided law school was a good way to kind of jumpstart my career. So I went to law school and I wound up clerking in a place that was, did family law and criminal law. Um, and I'm not well suited for those things. So I worked there for a while. It's very depressing. It's very difficult, uh, very draining. People who do family well, well are very good at putting up a barrier between 
their clients' problems and them, and I'm not good at that. So the pressure, the pressure of like trying to get somebody's custody of their kids or keep somebody out of jail, it was just I couldn't, I I didn't handle it well. I was very unhappy. So I started working. Right, it was just a, it wasn't it wasn't a good choice for me. So legal work is either tends to be very intense and very emotionally draining or really boring. Those are your two choices, <laughs> and I decided boring is better than <laughs> emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. So I worked um, for quite a few years as a bank compliance officer um, for a, a bank, um, a growing bank in Winona, and then I took over their title and abstract company, which they then sold, and I want getting into. Uh, consulting uh, for a while. And then I landed at Kaplan. Um, And I'm not like an IT person, an expert. I picked up a few things, but I'm good at auditing. I'm good at compliance. So that's why they hired me. And I still don't, I'm still no expert on the nuts and bolts of IT things, but I've picked up enough to know the right questions to ask and things like that. So it's a very reliable job. It's a very much more of an eight to five job. And, you know, occasionally I have to work more but it's, it doesn't have that intensity. It's got good benefits. It's very steady. I don't have to do billable hours or anything like that. So it's a, it's a lot more, rela- it's a lot more relaxed than what I was doing. I think it just goes to show how, you know, we're in our, I guess, midlife er- era of our, of our <laughs> working career um, that, you know, a career can take many turns and, you know, go up and down and around a few times before you really settle. Do you feel like, you found you're hitting a good stretch right now. Um, I, I think so. It's it's um, um, my my wife and I were both divorced um, previously, which caused some economic complications and dealing with kind of the fallout from that. Um, you know, not to get too personal or anything like that. So I really feel like I need to earn a pretty good living right now to kind of get through that time. So. Um, if I'm, if, is this my dream job? It was like, wow, I, I just really want to do IT compliance. It's just like, you know, I'd rather work in a craft brewery or I'd rather write or teach or something like that. But I, I need more money than that, to be yeah. frank. So, so it's a very good choice. You know, it's got good benefits. The retirement stuff is good and it's not a hostile work environment or anything like that. Yeah. So for right now, it's a good choice. It's a, it's a good choice. You can look forward to the brewery and writing in your, in your retirement. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I feel like before we started recording, you also mentioned at some point that you had done some adjunct teaching. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was a professor. I taught ethics, ethics for quite a few years at the local community college here. So Ah. that was really, that was really cool. And that's how you know, you didn't know Emily through that. You knew Emily from like, you knew her parents growing up. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. And Winona, um, before I moved here to lacrosse. So, and I, I still know them. Right. Okay. So don't forget to listen to Emily's episode, which was the previous one, uh, before this one. Okay. Let's go ahead. Yes. Yeah. And actually we were talking like we, we realized that we probably have never met in person. We just have known each other because, um, you know, through my cousin Ryan, who was my first episode. Um, let's talk a little bit about your journey, work, working in an office to going from home. How did that come about? Did, was that a decision that they made or you made and how did it go for you? Right. Um, so my particular, um, my particular department um, or team Um, There are four of us on the team and none of us work in the same location. Um, So um, there's one person in Florida, 
Um, my boss was in New York. Um, one of the other people was in New York. And then there's me in lacrosse. So mm-hmm. we were always, um, we were always people who met online. Um, I've worked with two of the people on my team for years and never met them face to face. I've met my boss a couple of times face to face. So for us, the transition from um, being in the office to working remotely was was pretty easy because that was yeah. something we've really been doing before anyway. Mm-hmm. So before COVID, um, we'd kind of all agreed that it was it was better to be in the office sometimes, but then you could work from home too. So um, virtually all my time at Kaplan, I was in a transitional transitional um, schedule where I would be in the office three days a week and then I'd work from home two days a week. Okay. And that was something that you picked or that they picked? Um, it was something I picked. So I, I, I liked, I liked working at home and I kind of like going into the office too. I mean, you'd get the whole, you know, like, Hey, you know, you can talk to people and, and interact, come over. And if you have a question about something, you can go over and ask them face to face instead of having to, you know, rely on getting a hold of them some other way. And, you know, I made friends there too. Um, but this a, wasn't your team. These were just people that were in the office. Yep. There were people to, I inter- Oh, go ahead. Did you have to like have meetings with them also? Yes. So we met online. Um, my boss is very, very good at being in charge of what's going on without being a micromanager. So she, she was very good at finding ways to kind of, without looking over her shoulder all the time, still being in touch with what we were doing. So we met as a team once a week and individually with her once a week. And then she had, you know, spreadsheets and stuff like that. So we, we were doing very well pre COVID not ever meeting together as a group. Mm-hmm. So, and this was the team of four people that were in New York people. and okay. Yeah. Uh, but what about the people in the office uh, that you would say, Hey, to were you having meetings with them as well? Sometimes. Um, so for example, if they were switching out some servers or something like that, and then I, I could meet with them face to face. And sometimes it was very informal. I would just walk over and talk to them. Hey, I hear you're, you know, you're going to do this, or you're going to change that, or the system's going to be dis- decommissioned or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes we'd meet face to face, but even then a lot of people didn't work in the office. They were kind of, lacrosse is not a very big community and to get people with the skills that they needed for some of this stuff. We had we had a guy in France, um, you know, we had people in Italy, um, somebody from Brazil. So it was a very, so we did a lot of online meetings even then. Um, and then some face-to-face, but, you know, or both. I mean, you'd be in a conference room with five people you worked with in lacrosse, and then there'd be five people who were scattered all over the globe. So, yeah. so Kaplan was technology savvy and good at doing that kind of thing prior to COVID, honestly. Would you sometimes be meeting with a group of five people in another country in a conference room? And then some of you would be like in offices and some of you would be at home. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which was kind of tricky sometimes, but you know, we made it work. I mean, we always, we made it work. Time zones are a problem. Obviously, you know, I I remember the guy was in Australia had to get up basically at like one in the morning or something heinous like that to be in the meetings. Yeah. But um, and have you ever had to work the funny hours to meet with those folks on the other side too? A couple of times. Yeah, there's, um, we, we have a, quite a few people in India and a lot of them do work kind of more um, our hemisphere 
hours just to work, but not all of them do. So I've had to get up at like two, two in the morning or three in the mm-hmm. morning to meet with people and from somebody from Europe too. So yeah, sometimes that, you that have to. Great. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you have to make it work. Yeah. So. I was waking up at one, two or three or four o'clock in the morning for the last three and a half years, four years, as I was teaching English, uh, mostly for people in say like mainland China, Taiwan, mm-hmm. Japan. Um, so I know, I know what that's like to do it consistently, but if it's not consistent, if it's not part of your routine, it's almost like it hurts more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was bad. I mean, I don't function well at one in the morning, two in the morning at all. I host an international Zoom meeting for uh, children's entertainers, primarily like balloon twisters. And we have a woman from Germany and our meeting starts at 2 a.m. her time right now. Oh, yikes. And she's there. She's like, good morning from Germany. Because yeah. you know, that's but that's for fun. Like she's doing that for you know the community and but when it's for work. You don't have clowns in that meeting, do you? We have people who kind of function as a lot of different things. Clowns definitely one of them. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean it's entertaining. I'm actually not really a children's entertainer, but my daughter is learning some of those skills and I help host the meeting and I have learned a lot, actually, like not just about um, literally balloon twisting, but like like business, um, you know, how they manage a lot of the the weird things that come up. Like, you know, if you have like this balloon twister who is like out in public at some festival and you got 100, 200 people online waiting for them mm-hmm. when their paid time is up and they're not like allowed to accept tips or something like that, they have to leave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you handle having 200 people? left in line who are uh, disappointed that they didn't get something you leave fast (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of tricks sometimes they'll like pull out a bag of Uh like like soccer balls like balloons that are twisted into like a soccer ball and just kind of like release them (laughs) (laughs) and then run for it (laughs) yeah exactly that sounds they'll actually hand that bag to someone else and that then everyone will swarm that someone else and um, then they can make their exit. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So like if my daughter is going to get into this world, like as the someone else, I might have to like help her, you know, in some of those more like crowd control type things. And so I've learned a lot about just like products and like sourcing things and distribution and, you know, like shipping internationally. Like sometimes it's, there's a lot, there's a lot there. So anyway, yeah, people are just even managing the time zones, like for me to be like, our meeting is going to be at, you know, 6 p.m. Arizona time, but Arizona doesn't change the clocks like everyone else does. So I need to keep track of when everyone else changes their clocks because their meeting time will change because we're using mine to be consistent. Um, uh, and so at some point, you know, people show up an hour late because I messed something up and I didn't tell them because um, international um daylight savings times happen at different times, like Australia and England, or I guess UK change at different times that the, than the U S sometimes. I'm not a fan of it to tell you the uh, truth. I think we should all just leave time alone. I think so too. I agree. Uh, let's talk about how it's going with you, uh, working from home and you also have someone else in your household. Do you interrupt each yes. other? Are you, you want to talk a little bit about how that's going with your wife? Yes. Um, so my my wife and I got married just as um, COVID really got going. Oh so, gosh. Um, right before that. So um, and then she started. She's a medical coder, so she works from she works from home too upstairs, and I'm I'm down here. 
So it's nice to have, and we don't have little kids. And I think, mm-hmm. I think if there were little kids here, that would be very difficult. Um, but it's, it's really been great. I mean, I, I, I think everybody should get married during a pandemic and work from home together. Cause it's a great way to like really get to know bond each other well. quickly, bond quickly. Right. So had um, she been working from home on purpose or was that something that was like a effect of the pandemic? So she'd been working home at home on purpose. Um, so they allowed it. Um, she had to come into the office, you know, every now and again for no particularly great reason. Um, and we can we can talk about that a little bit about how managers struggle with people working remotely and they're like, I want to control you because I I just want you there where I can see you where I don't think you're working. Happy um, employees have autonomy. Yeah, absolutely. Um so we do distract each other. Um, so like if one of us is in the chatty mood and I think it falls on me more because I have to make an, I have to go upstairs like consciously because there's nothing, there's nothing I need up there except for her. So, <laughs> so if I'm like, I really want to talk about something that happened at work or, you know, some cool bird I saw out the window or whatever it is, I go up there to talk to her, but she comes down here to like get lunch or get coffee or whatever. So I feel like she's coming and going and Sometimes she's distracting. I won't lie. I mean, because I'd rather talk to her than work. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, people in the office distracted me too. You know, I, I had the guy who wanted to talk about the football game for 30 minutes. And, um, you know, the, you know, woman next to me who wanted to tell me about her kids' lives for, you know, an hour and a half a day. And they were distracting too. So it's not, yeah. it's not necessarily more. I'd rather be distracted by my wife than them. I I think I'm the chatty one usually you know in the office setting that I you know I just really value building community and connections Mm -hmm. and learning about people and hearing their stories so I ask questions too um but yeah being focused at work is is tricky when you you want that social aspect but you also need to get product you know keep your productivity up uh what kind of workflow do you have is it like do you have to do so many widgets a day or how does that work? No, it's very much a, um, I'm not hourly. And so, and my boss is not the kind of person who's like, you need, did you put in your eight hours today? She, all she cares about is me getting my job done. Mm-hmm. It's not a particularly easy job. And she's not, she, she is a, uh, that's the word I'm trying to, it's not a negative word, but she's, she's not one to let you slack on the job. I mean, she's, she's aware of like how much, what your productivity is because she has ways that she can see that, you know, what kind of work are you getting done? Is this done? Is that done? Um, so um, she's much less interested in what, what time I start or what time I stop or any of that stuff. If I take an hour lunch or a half an hour lunch, I mean, she just kind of trusts that we're adults and we're going to do that you know, when we're, we're just going to get the job done. And if you, if you work for five hours during the day and then take a break and then come back and do two hours at night, she, she doesn't care as long as okay. you're on for meetings. So, which is nice. I really appreciate that. My wife's job is much very different. So she has, she has a certain, she has to do a certain number of charts a day. So yeah. it's, I can be more distracting if I let myself because I have more autonomy. That That does. Uh, So I did medical transcription for 17 years and 10 of those were from home. And I have a feeling that um, I wonder if her work setup is similar a little bit to what I had when I was working 
um, with more, like I had to work in a home office. I couldn't mm-hmm. like take a laptop around town because it needed to be through like these special service. Does she have any of those extra like protections? She does. She has HIPAA for, because of HIPAA. Um, yep. She needs to have the door closed. So if I go in, I have to knock first and she yeah. has to, I can't Close see the screen. screen and use screen yeah. and everything like that. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She can see anything I'm working on, but she can't understand it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think that's kind of how it works with my husband. Um, I have literally no idea what's happening on his computer. Right. So, exactly. um, yeah. And I remember always having that rule that, you know, we had to lock the screen if you were going to walk away, even for a minute, because, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, what if something happened and what if someone had to come into the house? What if it was like emergency responders or whatever you just, yeah, exactly. Um, hey, that's my wife about... up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my coworkers oh. are all looking at all the details about her history. And... Yeah, that can be problematic. Yeah. Um, what about some of the pros, like the good parts of be- being able to work from home with your wife? So we walk um, every day. Um, we have a couple of friends who come and join us sometimes, but um, every, you know, pretty much every lunch hour we walk. And that's awesome. It's a great way to kind of, go outside, get some exercise. We live in a good area. Um, there's some great bluffs and hills like right where we live. Oh, so, right. Yeah. I I mm-hmm. mean, I know maybe more like the Minnesota side of like some of those bluffs, but it's gorgeous out there. It is. It's gorgeous. So we, if we're, we want to just take a walk, we go down to a pond and go around it and that's really pretty. Or if we want something more strenuous, we hike up the the uh the side of the hill and that's more vigorous and yes. yeah it's 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 awesome to be able to do, do that when you walk you're not really distracted by anything else so it's a great time to kind of like talk about what's going on in your life and have some good good quality time conversations my husband and, and I started walking more recently too go ahead oh no I was and, and that's great I mean you get your exercise together and um but I, I was saying one of the other things about working at home that's so great as a couple too is you can kind of you can kind of pick where you want to live. You're not restricted by access to your office. So um, my office has been totally deconstructed. Everybody at Kaplan is now on or is now a remote employee, without really? exception. Yeah. So they're closing all the offices. Um, except where students come to, to meet and stuff like that. But all the office space, everyone's been sent home and been remote. So, I mean, yeah, I, we could pretty much live anywhere and that's kind of cool. So we don't have to be in a specific location. I interviewed someone earlier on, um, I think episode four, Matthew Stubblefield, he was working for a company where basically at least his location didn't have an office for several years. And then they eventually got like a small workspace, but the, the one thing that he said as a, as a manager, um, C, C level, I think was, um, mail needs to go somewhere. And so it was yeah. like coming to his house. And I've had a few people mention that. Do you, uh, so even your boss is working from home now. Mm-hmm. Yep. My boss, my boss works. She works part of the time from Florida and part of the time from New Jersey, um, <laughs> and, you know, commutes back and forth and, and works from both those places. So you're right. The mail. There are a couple places, offices that still have a physical location with a very small number of people working at it, but I'd say like 95% of the workforce, workforce can has you, been sent home. Could you talk a little bit about what specifically Kaplan does? You mentioned students. Right. So Kaplan has three um, kind of major functions. Um, 
one of them, the lacrosse one was professional, like professional testing, like for real estate licensing and insurance licensing and certified um, financial professional uh, licensing. So you take the classes to get ready for those sort of professional licensing. Um, okay. There's another division that does test prep. So like if you're doing the GMAT or the um, law school LSAT, um, you go in and uh, do that. And that's some of that's still on site, on site and some of it's a lot of it's online now too. But mm-hmm. um, so you'll do the questions like LSAT questions over and over and over again. And Kaplan has a lot of experience in how to prep people for those tests and they have a very good help um, you know, ratio and in, in terms of like, yeah, my LSAT score went up by, you know, 10, 10 points. And now I got into a better law schooler. I got a, I got a scholarship. Um, and then the, the third part was they had a for-profit university, um, but they were getting uncomfortable with that for the for-profit university sort of reputation wasn't that great. So they actually wound up selling that part to Purdue um, University, which is a respected university. Yep. So they do they do online, they do the online schooling f- with Kaplan as kind of a partnership, um, but it's actually Purdue University um, professors and things like that. So okay. Yeah. So those are the three major parts of Kaplan. So I suppose your background in teaching also probably helped. Uh, a little bit. This position. Yeah. Yep, it did. It did. I'm looking. Uh, so for those of you that can not see the video, I'm looking at his background here. Eric has a Christmas tree to one side and a bookshelf that has uh, lots of books on another side with a lamp. And then I see another one that has a lot of decor. Um, what kind of room are you sitting in right now? Um, this room is um, it's got a couch, a big couch over to the right. Which, by the way, on the occasional lunch hour, we do naps instead of walking. Nice. So, yep. which is really, that's another benefit <laughs> from working from home. I'd, I've um, taken um, probably thousands of lunch naps in my life. <laughs> oh, they're the best, right? You can't take a lunch nap at work. Um, so I have a, a window to my left, which is really important in a little balcony. And that I can go out there and have coffee, um, take a break. And I can look out the window and I can get that natural light, which is huge for me especially this time of year um so uh that i always struggled in offices because i never felt like i got enough natural light um Mm -hmm. and it people hate light um because it interferes with screens um Mm -hmm. so it's like living in a dungeon um with no with no natural light at all and then they're happy if it's just like like a cave (laughs) um and that did not work well for me so yeah, I've got, I've got, you know, I got my Christmas tree behind me and, and stuff. And, you know, the kitchen's over that way. That's where the coffee is and my lunch and everything like that. So, and then that out that side door is we're right against a bluff. So there's all kinds of nature stuff going on out there. So I can go and look at the bird feeder if I want to, and we get possums and skunks and all kinds of critters there. So it's a cool environment because there's a lot going on here. So in my guest interest form, one of the questions uh, uh, is regarding, uh, do you have any, I'll just find it really quick. Um, if you've done or created anything notable or impressive in the past or recently, and you accidentally left it out of your bio, now is the time to tell us, you know, what, let it all out here. And he said, I was the seventh person in Minnesota to see a rock run in the state. Can you talk about that? You said that was a 
back in the day? Yes. So I, I've been a bird, bird watcher all my life, which, which is cool because even at 53, I'm still kind of young to be a bird watcher, um, oh. which I can't really say that about much as many other things, but I got started as a teenager. So I'd go on do bird watching things. And I was the youngest person by like 40 years sometimes. Um, so I was in, up in Minneapolis and I was bird watching and I saw a bird that I couldn't figure out what it was. It was right by, um, by Cedar Lake um, in Minneapolis. And I looked it up in the bird book and found it was a rock wren, which is a very, very rare bird in Minnesota. And so I was interviewed by the Minnesota Ornithological Society to see that my record was valid. And it was, it went before board and they approved my sighting and my description so I am officially the seventh person in Minnesota to see a rock run. So I love it. And you said that it was before like cell phones. So it's not like you could just snap a picture. Right. They didn't expect you to have a picture of everything. Now they do. And now if you don't have a picture, it's suspect. But mm. back then it was not. It was not. So. But then you told me that these birds are common in Arizona. They are. Um, you go west, oh, southwest, they're very common. So you've, you've probably seen rock wrens and not even known it, especially if you're probably, uh, I'm not, I'm not very um, in tune to my birds. I know like the, the big ones. I have a little six-year-old who was drawing birds the other day and we had, she's like, what does a robin look like? And so she, she drew a beautiful robin. Um, and so we just kept Google imaging every single bird that she could think of, and she would draw a cute picture of it. And I, I like to frame those someday. They're really cute. That's awesome. Do you have roadrunners around where you live? Yes. We just That's saw so one, cool. like, literally running down the road one day, and we we're like, what is that? And then we're like, meet, meet, you know, like, oh my goodness, that's like a roadrunner in real life. And so we might, I have a video of my like young children kind of like following it. And we, uh, yeah, there's one in this neighborhood as well. We uh, see them occasionally, a few times a year, I, I'll see them just like literally in the neighborhood. And we don't, we don't get out to like the hiking locations very much yet. Um, I think that's something that we're going to have to explore. We're only about mm -hmm. six, five or six years into Arizona and just like gradually starting to make our way, you know, to the, to the cool places. Uh, you, right. you visited Tucson when you visited Emily's parents. Did you see I did. more rock runs? I did not see any rock runs. I saw a canyon run, um, but I did see my first road runner, which was really cool. So, and like four yeah. or five other, other birds I've never seen. So that was neat. in the wild. Yeah. 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 When you travel, do you work on the road? I do sometimes. So I have, I have, I like, for example, my wife has gone to conferences and I've gone along because, you know, Hey, it's just traveling and um, traveling is always good. So I have, you know, just as I can take my laptop and as long as I can VPN, which I can, some of the systems safe, um, then I, I can work from anywhere. So I've done that. You know, we've, we've talked about living in Barbados for three months and my boss is fine with it. She's like, that's no problem. You know, as long as you have reliable internet, that's all we care about. Yeah. So. And it's not your permanent address. I think that sometimes when it's your permanent address, it can change things, especially taxes. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah. when I worked for Mayo Clinic, if I physically worked on site, I had to sign in with different, like, um, a tax ID. Mm-hmm. Then when I worked um, from my home office in Missouri or Illinois or Arizona or wherever I happened to be living mm -hmm. at the time. Um, so yeah, make sure you check with HR, but yeah, that's awesome if they are flexible on that. 
for babies. It's true. Working different states can be a nightmare in tax time. When I was a consultant, I had to do taxes in multiple states. And it was like, three, yeah. I think three or four was my three, but yeah, it, it basically prohibits you from being able to use like plain old, like TurboTax. Like this is too mm -hmm. much. <laughs> right. To exactly. <laughs> Very true. We, Very we true. finally got a tax lady and we've never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Uh, what would be the goal of Barbados to just relax and work or would you take time off as well? Yes. Um, so, you know, there's always like the time after. So, cause you have, you still have little kids, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the idea of like time off after work is kind of a foreign thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really exist. I just um, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, it's just work, a different kind of work all, until you're so exhausted, you fall asleep and hopefully Hopefully your kids do before you do. So you lose like 10 minutes to yourself or something, in, right? In my world, my kids usually go to bed after me because I was working uh, those crazy hours all the time. They put oh, me yeah. to bed. Yeah. But and, more recently, I still, I'm starting to get a couple hours after their bedtime. Like we've been watching the Mandalorian. Oh, series. nice. Nice. Yeah. We're big in a wheel of time right now. We're liking <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, I need to look into that. Yeah, it's, it's good. So when, so you're working in Barbados and you don't have kids living with you. I mean, imagine this, this fantasy world, right? So you're done with work and then you're like, okay, well, we can just go down to the beach and hang out, you know, until we're ready for bed or we can, nice. you know, go down to the little rum shop or we can go play a game or, you know. Um, so yeah, we'd, we'd explore and kind of vacation while we're while we're working, if that makes Will sense. her company be as flexible as yours um, for the location change? <clears throat> Good question. Um, so they are uh, they are changing quickly, um, just because like a lot of companies, um, medical coders are in demand, um, especially in certain areas, and they're like, okay, if we want to keep people, we need we need to change things. Mm -hmm. So um, their talent, right? And a lot of companies want their employees in the office for really bad reasons. Um, but um, so her, her hospital is changing quickly. So now they're saying, yeah, you can, originally you had to be within 10 minutes or 10 miles of the hospital. No and now way. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Because, because you need to come in for some reason, but post COVID, um, COVID's changed so many things about online, you know, working remotely and everyone's getting more comfortable with it. So now you can be within like a five or six state radius and they're talking about, you can work from anywhere as long as nice. you're reliable. And yes, or so, yeah. The reliable internet thing is a thing like that is like, I think you need to know what the backup plan is. Like if, um, if my, if my internet is going to fail and it does, like even in metro areas, it's going to fail at some point. Right. Um, you know, are you allowed to hotspot? what hotspot package could you use, you know, like, so you don't pay overage charges and all of that. Um, do I need to have two routers? Like, can I use mm -hmm. Wi-Fi? Can I, can I, may I, may I work from a coffee shop or a, do they still have internet cafes? I don't think so. I, I think they, the last they internet coffee cafes, shops now, yeah. they're coffee shops now, right? Except, yeah. although I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of them will kick you out after, kick you off after like an hour. So you have to keep buying something. Right, exactly. So they're not happy with you just hanging out, working mm -hmm. all day. They want you. They want you out of there in an hour. So you buy a coffee, and then you buy a cookie, and then you buy a uh, sandwich. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's time um, for lunch. And <laughs> I guess the new thing is the remote. Um, oh, goodness. Help me out. The co-working spaces. That would be the new coffee shop. Yeah. I You're familiar with those, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, we might Kaplan have that in Barbados. Have. They might. You know, it's very yeah. possible. And I know, I know there's people who who like them um, because mm-hmm. they give a sense of community. I mean, you're missing something when you don't go to the office too. It's not all good. Um, yeah. it's, it has more pluses than minuses as far as I'm concerned, but there's, I, agree. I, I do feel more disconnected with some of the people, new people I've never met face to face. You know, I don't go out with my coworkers happy hour, which I didn't really do that much often anyway, but I did every once in a while. And, you know, I know I, I don't do that anymore. And, we try to have like online social hours and stuff like that. And they're better than nothing. And I think they do help, but I miss sometimes that community. And I think a lot of other people do too. It's not all roses. That's for sure. Now, when you are living with someone who is also working from home and that's working for you too, you have mm-hmm. some, someone to have community with. I think that people, so, yeah. um, you know, who are single, um, have pros that, um, people who have small children don't, um, and vice versa, you know, like I feel like I have, um, my needs met in the fact that I'm with people all day, every day, whether or not they're my family or friends, um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, someone who is say single, um, living alone, working alone is going to have to be way more intentional about being in public or something like that. Absolutely. And, And COVID has been so hard on people's single people's mental health has been so you know, affected. And I was fortunate. I, I was here with my, you know, my wife the whole time, <laughs> your new bride, <laughs> my new bride. It was like, it was great, but I knew people who were single and really struggled. It was like, wow, I feel like my mental health's just gone down the drain and, you know, meeting with people on zoom is just not the same. I mean, it's better than nothing, but we need that, you know, that, that contact, um, so yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, and some of those people like being in the office and it's hard to give that up. So yeah, it's not for everybody. It's definitely not. And it's just different for everybody. You know, you've got the people, my husband, perfectly happy to be home all the time. Perfectly happy. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have small children and we're trying to juggle them um, and there's online school or homeschooling or whatever during the pandemic, you know, had a different level of stress, a different kind of, you know, difficulty. Um, I, yeah. we've talked about pros and cons of working from home and you just said there's more pros than cons. Are there any other things that you've struggled with that you've maybe overcome in the last few years? So I spent, I realized I'd spent 60 days working in shorts and a t-shirt or something like that, that I'd not worn anything else for 60 days, which was kind of cool. But it was like, you know, I kind of miss, miss wearing something else. You know, I got so so I did. So, and it does help, you know, the people who say when you dress up for work, even when you're working from home, it kind of, it kind of helps. I mean, you're working in your pajamas all day. sounds great, but maybe it's not, not the greatest thing. So that's, that's definitely a challenge. Um, I know it's been a challenge for my community with so many big companies, not having people working downtown because it's really hurt the, the community itself. Oh, so like that's small been businesses. The, yeah, like the coffee shops and the restaurants where people aren't going out to lunch like they were and they're not going out for coffee. And that's been depressing to see. It's hurt, it's yeah. hurt my community 
And that's definitely a con. So, yeah. And sometimes it's hard. You can't communicate everything about work with people by email or IM or even meeting them on, as well as you can meeting face-to-face with them. So I do, I do think it inhibits the creative process sometimes. And it also, um, yeah, it makes it harder to connect with people. They can be meaner to you if they've never met you before. And uh-huh. like, you yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So true. are you, just a, a question back for you, are you, would you consider yourself to be an introvert or an extrovert or is it, are you one of those more, more complicated people? Oh, I'm so an extrovert. I, I mean, I think over the years as I've, you know, gotten older, mm-hmm. I have appreciated alone time a little bit better. Uh, but even when I'm alone, I still kind of like to stay busy. Like oftentimes I'm still communicating with people. Um, so definitely I'm the social person in the family. Um, I think even more than my children. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to convince someone to come with me to like, even to have someone in the car with me, if I'm going to drive to run errands, cause I just like talking. And mm-hmm. I mean, th- that's one of the main reasons that we have the podcast is because I want to have the conversations for me and also so that other people can hear, you know, like the stories, like, so that you don't feel alone. Cause I, I, I I'm imagining that people do work from home and they're like, man, I'm dealing with this thing. And I wonder if I'm like the you know, the odd one out here, um, yeah. you know, like a lot of people came home with like back pain or like are, are still working off of, a, you know, a not ideal setup. And other people, I just, you know, Emily is really happy with her folding table, um, but she's using like the riser and she's got the external mm-hmm. keyboard and mouse and things so that she's, you know, more ergonomic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's also just really fascinating to me how, um, how different structure different folks kind of thing like you know the things that match one person won't match the next person so my husband is introvert uh, um to the extreme level to the, to the same degree that I am an extrovert maybe um and he needs more downtime than I do like he in the evening needs to decompress he likes you know he likes being around and like the kids coming in and showing him something but he also likes working alone I would like to work next to him and he'd be like, mm, no, <laughs> no, thanks. I actually have a desk sent next to him, but I use it sparingly because awesome. I know I would probably distract him too. I usually like to wrap things up by just asking, you know, what tips and tricks do you have that you would recommend for someone who's thinking about working from home for the first time? What are some things mm-hmm. that have been really important to you that you'd like to share? Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great question. I mean, think of it again, in terms of like your, your lifestyle. Um, we had a neighbor who moved here from another, our next door neighbor was, she moved here from somewhere else, Michigan, I think, didn't know anybody in La Crosse, right as COVID hit, mm. she had to work from home and she was having such a hard time. She didn't know anybody and she was extremely lonely. So if that's, if that's going to be you and you have the choice not to work from home, don't do it. I mean, if you're going to be, if your mental health is really going to suffer from being isolated, um, it's probably not the right choice for you. Um, the other, the other point I think I'd like to make is make your environment. You're going to spend a lot of time, 40 hours a week, probably in your environment. I spend 40 hours a week sitting at this desk. That sounds so depressing, but you know, I've got, I've got, I like distractions. Um, I like, you know, I've got, um, I play D and D so I've got D and D things to look at. Um, when I have a little downtime, I've got, you know, coffee cups and I've got um, little gizmos and, you know, I like having, as long as my space is somewhat organized, 
I like having distractions. I like seeing birds out the window. I like having a tree next to me. From from what I know of like what Emily talks about, she's more of a minimalist and she likes not to have that kind of stuff. My works would drive her crazy and hers would drive me crazy too. So mm-hmm. make it make it about you and then make sure you've got a comfortable chair and you know, make sure ergonomically you're not, you know, I have a, a cousin who works for National Geographic and she had this famous thing. She got stuck at home because she had to work at home and it was so noisy. She wound up, she had a toilet office, she called it. So the only place that was quiet enough for her to work on her computer was by putting her laptop on the toilet and working in the bathroom was like, okay, that's not, that's not going to work in the long run. You need to have something else, some other kind of setup. So, you know, we spend, if you work from home, you work a lot, spend a lot of time in your environment. So make sure it's not surrounded by, you know, you're not, on top of the cat box and you know it closed up in some dark corner if you like natural light so just yeah think about think about what would make your environment pleasant and if you need to take a 15 minute break and go out and walk around for a minute or call a friend or something like that just something to make make your work experience pleasant because my life's hard enough without having having you hate the space that you're in so hey that makes sense it does. And I sometimes hate the space that I'm in and I have to address that. (laughs) So it just makes me want to work other places, which aren't going to be necessarily as comfortable or um, productive. Right. Exactly. Well, any other final thoughts? No, I think, I think as a manager, you can make working from home or working remotely work for your team. You don't have to be freaked out by you know, by micromanaging everybody. If you'd like to do that, maybe it's time to think a little bit about giving your people a little more autonomy and trusting them. They're going to appreciate it. And yeah, you can, you can work from home and make it great. Not just good. Everything's got challenges or pluses and minuses, but it can be a truly awesome thing, especially if you just get married. (laughs) Eric, do you have like a LinkedIn or anything that people could find you at if they wanted to ask a question about Kaplan or anything like that? Yes, I am on LinkedIn um, as Eric Warner. So Eric Warner. Okay, I'll put the link then into your show notes if that's all right with you. That is very okay. And no problem. All right. We should well, probably be LinkedIn friends anyway, right? That that's absolutely true. I should. I need to make sure I friend everyone else that's interviewed if if they'll let me. <laughs> right. <laughs> or connections. Do they call them connections on LinkedIn? I think they do, yeah. yeah. Or network or something. Maybe it's network. Something like that. So something more professional sounding. Yeah, well, right. Thank you, Eric. This has been Eric Warner and April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you very much.